and he paid the price. Here we are again. It's the LifeSpring One Year Bible coming to you from Riverside, California and podcasting since 2004. I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. It's the daily podcast where we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. Today's History Tuesday, and we'll begin the book of 1 Kings with a reading of chapters 1 through 4. Today's episode title is The Wrong Choice. Before we start, let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, how we thank you again for another opportunity to gather around your word, and I pray, Lord, that you would bless this time. Speak to our hearts, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, here we go. 1 Kings chapter 1 At this time, King David was very old, and although his servants covered him with blankets, he could not keep warm. They said to him, We will look for a young woman to care for you. She will lie close to you and keep you warm. After searching everywhere in Israel for a beautiful young woman, they found a girl named Abishag from Shunem and brought her to the king. The girl was very beautiful, and she cared for the king and served him. But the king did not have sexual relations with her. Adonijah was the son of King David and Haggith, and he was very proud. I will be the king, he said. So he got chariots and horses for himself and fifty men for his personal bodyguard. Now David had never interfered with Adonijah by questioning what he did. Born next after Absalom, Adonijah was a very handsome man. Adonijah spoke with Joab, son of Zeruiah, and Abiathar the priest, and they agreed to help him. But Zadok the priest, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, Shimei, Rei, and King David's special guard did not join Adonijah. Then Adonijah killed some sheep, cows, and fat calves for sacrifices at the stone of Zoheleth near the spring of Rogel. He invited all his brothers, the other sons of King David, to come, as well as all the men of Judah. But Adonijah did not invite Nathan the prophet, Benaiah, his father's special guard, or his brother Solomon. When Nathan heard about this, he went to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. Have you heard that Adonijah, Haggith's son, has made himself king? Nathan asked. Our real king David does not know it. I strongly advise you to save yourself and your sons. Go to King David and tell him, My master and king, you promised that my son Solomon would be king and would rule on your throne after you. Why then has Adonijah become king? While you are still talking to the king, I will come in and tell him that what you have said about Adonijah is true. So Bathsheba went in to see the aged king in his bedroom, where Abishag, the girl from Shunem, was caring for him. Bathsheba bowed and knelt before the king. He asked, What do you want? She answered, My master, you made a promise to me in the name of the Lord your God. You said, Your son Solomon will become king after me, and he will rule on my throne. But now, unknown to you, Adonijah has become king. He has killed many cows, fat calves, and sheep for sacrifices. And he has invited all your sons, as well as Abiathar the priest and Joab the commander of the army. But he did not invite Solomon, who serves you. My master and king, all the Israelites are watching you, waiting for you to decide who will be king after you. As soon as you die, Solomon and I will be treated as criminals. While Bathsheba was still talking with the king, Nathan the prophet arrived. The servants told the king, Nathan the prophet is here. So Nathan went to the king and bowed face down on the ground before him. Nathan said, My master and king, have you said that Adonijah will be king after you, and that he will rule on your throne? 
Today he has sacrificed many cows, fat calves, and sheep, and he has invited all your other sons, the commanders of the army, and Abiathar the priest. Right now they're eating and drinking with him. They're saying, Long live King Adonijah! But he did not invite me, your own servant, or Zadok the priest, or Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, or your son Solomon. Did you do this? Since we are your servants, why didn't you tell us who should be king after you? Then the king said, Tell Bathsheba to come in. So she came in and stood before the king. Then the king made this promise. The Lord has saved me from all trouble. As surely as he lives, I will do today what I have promised you in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. I promised that your son Solomon would be king after me and rule on my throne in my place. Then Bathsheba bowed face down on the ground and knelt before the king and said, Long live my master, King David. Then King David said, Tell Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah son of Jehoiada to come in. When they came before the king, he said to them, Take my servants with you and put my son Solomon on my own mule. Take him down to the spring called Gihon. There Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet should pour olive oil on him and make him king over Israel. Blow the trumpet and shout, Long live King Solomon! Then come back up here with him. He will sit on my throne and rule in my place, because he is the one I have chosen to be the ruler over Israel and Judah. Benaiah son of Jehoiada answered the king, Amen! This is what the Lord, the God of my master, has declared. The Lord has always helped you, our king. May he also help Solomon and make King Solomon's throne an even greater throne than yours. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah son of Jehoiada left with the Carathites and Pelethites. They put Solomon on King David's mule and took him to the spring called Gihon. Zadok the priest took the container of olive oil from the holy tent and poured the oil on Solomon's head to show he was the king. Then they blew the trumpet, and all the people shouted, Long live King Solomon! All the people followed Solomon into the city. Playing flutes and shouting for joy, they made so much noise the ground shook. At this time Adonijah and all the priests with him were finishing their meal. When he heard the sound from the trumpet, Joab asked, What does all that noise from the city mean? While Joab was speaking, Jonathan, son of Abiathar, the priest, arrived. Adonijah said, Come in, you are an important man, so you must be bringing good news. But Jonathan answered, No, our master King David has made Solomon the new king. King David sent Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, and all the king's bodyguards with him, and they have put Solomon on the king's own mule. Then Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet poured olive oil on Solomon at Gihon to make him king. After that they went into the city shouting with joy. Now the whole city is excited, and that is the noise you hear. Solomon has now become the king. All the king's officers have come to tell King David that he has done a good thing. They're saying, May your God make Solomon even more famous than you, and an even greater king than you. Jonathan continued, And King David bowed down on his bed to worship God, saying, Bless the Lord, the God of Israel. Today he has made one of my sons the king, and allowed me to see it. Then all of Adonijah's guests were afraid, and they left quickly and scattered. Adonijah was also afraid of Solomon, so he went and took hold of the corners of the altar. Then someone told Solomon, Adonijah is afraid of you, so he is at the altar, holding on to its corners. He says, Tell King Solomon to promise me today that he will not kill me. So Solomon answered, Adonijah must show that he is a man of honor. 
If he does that, I promise he will not lose even a single hair from his head. But if he does anything wrong, he will die. Then King Solomon sent some men to get Adonijah. When he was brought from the altar, he came before King Solomon and bowed down. Solomon told him, Go home. 1 Kings chapter 2 Since it was almost time for David to die, he gave his son Solomon his last commands. David said, My time to die is near. Be a good and strong leader. Obey the Lord your God. Follow Him by obeying His demands, His commands, His laws, and His rules that are written in the teachings of Moses. If you do these things, you will be successful in all you do and wherever you go. And if you obey the Lord, He will keep the promise He made to me. He said, If your descendants live as I tell them, and have complete faith in me, a man from your family will always be king over the people of Israel. Also, you remember what Joab, son of Zeruiah, did to me. He killed the two commanders of Israel's armies, Abner, son of Ner, and Amasa, son of Jether. He did this as if he and they were at war, although it was a time of peace. He put their blood on the belt around his waist and on his sandals on his feet. Punish him in the way you think is wisest, but do not let him die peacefully of old age. Be kind to the children of Barzillai of Gilead, and allow them to eat at your table. They welcomed me when I ran away from your brother Absalom. And remember, Shimei, son of Gera the Benjaminite, is here with you. He cursed me the day I went to Maenam, but when he came down to meet me at the Jordan River, I promised him before the Lord, Shimei, I will not kill you. But you should not leave him unpunished. You are a wise man, and you will know what to do to him, but you must be sure he is killed. Then David died and was buried with his ancestors in Jerusalem. He had ruled over Israel forty years, seven years in Hebron, and thirty-three years in Jerusalem. Solomon became king after David, his father, and he was in firm control of his kingdom. At this time, Adonijah, son of Haggith, went to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. Did you come in peace? Bathsheba asked. Yes, this is a peaceful visit, Adonijah answered. I have something to say to you. You may speak, she said. You remember that at one time the kingdom was mine, Adonijah said. All the people of Israel recognized me as their king, but things have changed. Now my brother is the king because the Lord chose him. Now I have one thing to ask you. Please do not refuse me. Bathsheba answered, What do you want? I know King Solomon will do anything you ask him, Adonijah continued. Please ask him to give me Abishag the Shunammite to be my wife. Very well, she answered. I will speak to the king for you. So Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him for Adonijah. When Solomon saw her, he stood up to meet her, then bowed down and sat on the throne. He told some servants to bring another throne for his mother. Then she sat down at his right side. Bathsheba said, I have one small thing to ask you. Please do not refuse me. Ask mother, the king answered. I will not refuse you. So she said, Allow Abishag the Shunammite to marry your brother Adonijah. King Solomon answered his mother, Why do you ask me to give him Abishag? Why don't you also ask for him to become the king since he's my older brother? Abiathar the priest and Joab the son of Zeruiah would support him. Then King Solomon swore by the name of the Lord, saying, May God punish me terribly if this doesn't cost Adonijah his life. By the Lord who has given me the throne that belonged to my father David, and who has kept his promise and given the kingdom to me and my people, Adonijah will die today. Then King Solomon gave orders to Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, 
and he went and killed Adonijah. King Solomon said to Abiathar the priest, I should kill you too, but I will allow you to go back to your fields in Anathoth. I will not kill you at this time, because you helped carry the ark of the Lord God while marching with my father David, and I know you shared in all the hard times with him. Then Solomon removed Abiathar from being the Lord's priest. This happened as the Lord said it would, when he was speaking in Shiloh about the priest Eli and his descendants. When Joab heard about what had happened, he was afraid. He had supported Adonijah, but not Absalom. So Joab ran to the tent of the Lord and took hold of the corners of the altar. Someone told King Solomon that Joab had run to the tent of the Lord and was beside the altar. Then Solomon ordered Benaiah to go and kill him. Benaiah went to the tent of the Lord and said to Joab, The king says, Come out. But Joab answered, No, I will die here. So Benaiah went back to the king and told him what Joab had said. Then the king ordered Benaiah, Do as he says, kill him there and bury him. Then my family and I will be free of the guilt of Joab, who has killed innocent people. Without my father knowing it, he killed two men who were much better than he was, Abner, son of Ner, the commander of Israel's army, and Amasa, son of Jether, the commander of Judah's army. So the Lord will pay him back for those deaths. Joab and his family will be forever guilty for their deaths, but there will be peace from the Lord for David, his descendants, his family, and his throne forever. So Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, killed Joab, and he was buried near his home in the desert. The king then made Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, commander of the army, in Joab's place. He also made Zadok, the new high priest, in Abiathar's place. Next, the king sent for Shimei. Solomon said to him, Build a house for yourself in Jerusalem and live there. Don't leave the city. The very day you leave and cross the Kidron Valley, someone will kill you, and it will be your own fault. So Shimei answered the king, I agree with what you say. I will do what you say, my master and king. So Shimei lived in Jerusalem for a long time. But three years later, two of Shimei's slaves ran away to Achish, son of Gath, who was the son of Maacah. Shimei heard that his slaves were in Gath, so he put his saddle on his donkey and went to Achish at Gath to find them. Then he brought them back from Gath. Someone told Solomon that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and had returned. So Solomon sent for Shimei and said, I made you a promise in the name of the Lord not to leave Jerusalem. I warned you if you went out anywhere, you would die, and you agreed to what I said. Why did you break your promise to the Lord and disobey my command? The king also said, You know the many wrong things you did to my father David, so now the Lord will punish you for those wrongs. But the Lord will bless me and make the rule of David safe before the Lord forever. Then the king ordered Benaiah to kill Shimei, and he did. Now Solomon was in full control of his kingdom. 1 Kings chapter 3 Solomon became the son-in-law of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. After marrying Pharaoh's daughter, Solomon brought her to the city of David until he finished building his own house, the Lord's house, and the wall around Jerusalem. The people were still sacrificing at other worship sites because a temple for the name of the Lord had not yet been built. Solomon loved the Lord and lived by his father's rules. However, he still sacrificed and burnt incense at these other worship sites. King Solomon went to Gibeon to sacrifice because it was the most important place of worship. Solomon sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night. He said, What can I give you? 
Solomon responded, You've shown great love to my father David, who was your servant. He lived in your presence with truth, righteousness, and commitment, and you continued to show him your great love by giving him a son to sit on his throne today. Lord my God, although I'm young and inexperienced, you've made me king in place of my father David. I am among your people whom you have chosen. They are too numerous to count or record. Give me a heart that listens, so that I can judge your people and tell the difference between good and evil. After all, who can judge this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon asked for this. God replied, You've asked for this, and not for a long life, or riches for yourself, or the death of your enemies. Instead, you've asked for understanding so that you can do what is right. So I'm going to do what you've asked. I'm giving you a wise and understanding heart, so that there will never be anyone like you. I'm also giving you what you haven't asked for, riches and honor, so that no other king will be like you as long as you live. And if you follow me and obey my laws and commands as your father David did, then I will also give you a long life. Solomon woke up and realized it had been a dream. He went to Jerusalem and stood in front of the Ark of the Lord's Promise. He sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings and held a banquet for all his officials. A short time later, two prostitutes came to the king and stood in front of him. One woman said to him, Sir, this woman and I live in the same house. I gave birth to a son while she was with me in the house. Two days later, this woman also gave birth to a son. We were alone. No one else was with us. Just the two of us were in the house. That night, this woman's son died because she rolled over on top of him. So she got up during the night and took my son, who was beside me, while I was asleep. She held him in her arms. Then she laid her dead son in my arms. When I got up in the morning to nurse my son, he was dead. I took a good look at him and realized that he wasn't my son after all. The other woman said, No, my son is alive. Your son is dead. The first woman kept on saying, No, your son is dead. My son is alive. So they argued in front of the king. The king said, This one keeps saying, My son is alive. Your son is dead. And that one keeps saying, No, your son is dead. My son is alive. So the king told his servants to bring him a sword. When they brought it, he said, Cut the living child in two. Give half to the one and half to the other. Then the woman whose son was still alive was deeply moved by her love for the child. She said to the king, Please, sir, give her the living child. Please don't kill him. But the other woman said, He won't be mine or yours. Cut him in two. The king replied, Give the living child to the first woman. Don't kill him. She is his mother. All Israel heard about the decision the king made. They respected the king very highly because they saw he possessed wisdom from God to do what was right. 1 Kings chapter 4 When King Solomon was the king of all Israel, these were his officials. Azariah, son of Zadok, was the chief priest. Elahorif and Ahijah, the sons of Shisha, were scribes. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilad, was the royal historian. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was commander of the army. Zadok and Abiathar were priests. Azariah, son of Nathan, was in charge of the district governors. Zabed, son of Nathan, was the king's advisor. Ahishar was in charge of the palace. Adoniram, son of Abda, was in charge of forced labor. Solomon appointed twelve district governors in Israel. They were to provide food for the king and his palace. 
Each one had to supply food for one month every year. Their names were Ben-Hur, who was in charge of the hills of Ephraim, Ben-Deker, who was in charge of Mekaz, Shealbam, Beth-Shemesh, and Elan-Beth-Hanan, and Ben-Hesed, who was in charge of Arabath, Succo, and the entire region of Hefer. Ben-Abinadab had the entire region of Dor. Solomon's daughter, Tathath, was his wife. Baana, son of Ahilad, had Taanak, Megiddo, and all of beth This was near Zarethan, below Jezreel, from beth to Abel-Meholah, and over to Jachmium. Ben-Geber was in charge of Ramoth-Gilead. He had the settlements of Jair, a descendant of Manasseh, in Gilead. He also had the territory of Argob in Bashan, sixty large cities with walls and bronze bars across their gates. Ahinadab, son of Iddo, was in charge of Maenaim. Ahimaaz was in charge of Naphtali. He also married Solomon's daughter Basimath. Baana, son of Hushai, was in charge of Asher and Aloth. Jehoshaphat, son of Peruya, was in charge of Issachar. Shimei, son of Elah, was in charge of Benjamin. Geber, son of Uri, was in charge of Gilead, the territory of King Sihon the Amorite and King Og of Bashan. There was only one governor in that territory. The people of Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They ate and drank and lived happily. Solomon ruled all the kingdoms from the Euphrates River to the country of the Philistines and as far as the Egyptian border. These kingdoms paid taxes and were subject to Solomon as long as he lived. Solomon's food supply for one day was 180 bushels of flour, 360 bushels of coarse flour, 10 fattened cows, 20 cows from the pasture, and a hundred sheep in addition to deer, gazelles, fallow deer, and fattened birds. He controlled all the territory west of the Euphrates River, from Tifsa to Gaza, and all of its kings. So he lived in peace with all the neighboring countries. As long as Solomon lived, Judah and Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, lived securely, everyone under his own vine and fig tree. Solomon had stalls for 40,000 chariot horses. He also had 12,000 chariot soldiers. Each of the governors provided food for one month every year for King Solomon and all who ate at his table. The governors saw to it that nothing was in short supply. They brought their quota of barley and straw for the chariot horses to the proper places. God gave Solomon wisdom, keen insight, and a mind as limitless as the sand on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than all of the eastern people and all the wisdom of the Egyptians. He was wiser than anyone, than Ethan the Ezrahite, or Heman, Chalcol, or Darda, Mahal's sons. His fame spread to all the nations around him. Solomon spoke three thousand proverbs and wrote a thousand and five songs. He described and classified trees, from the cedar in Lebanon to the hyssop growing out of the wall. He described and classified animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. People came from every nation to hear his wisdom. They came from all the kings of the earth who had heard about his wisdom. Today, beloved, we're going to talk about 1 Kings chapter 1 and 1 Kings chapter 2. In chapter 1, once again, we see a member of David's family trying to grab the throne. In this chapter, Adonijah knows that David is near death, and he thinks that by being proactive, he can take the throne. He knows that Solomon is the one chosen to succeed David, and once David dies, it'll be too late because Solomon will immediately become the king. 
Solomon was God's choice to become king. So Adonijah, too clever for his own good, gathers all of his brothers except Solomon, in addition to Joab, the general of the army, and Abiathar, the high priest, and all the other men of Judah, to his coronation party. He figures that with all these men in attendance, he'll have the throne. But the prophet Nathan is a wise man, and he short-circuits Adonijah's plan by letting Bathsheba know what's going on. There is good evidence that Bathsheba was David's most loved wife, and she had no problem getting immediate access to David to let him know what was happening. So David told him what to do to squash Adonijah's plan and make Solomon king post-haste. Well, once Adonijah heard that Solomon was crowned, he rightfully feared for his life, but Solomon showed him grace. Now let's move on to chapter 2. King David is dead. Long live King Solomon. David had been king for 40 years, many of them turbulent, and on his deathbed he gave his son words of advice. Now, we're not sure how old Solomon was when he became king, but some scholars believe he might have been as young as 12 years old. Others think that he was in his 20s. I tend to go with a second opinion. Either way, David told him to stay close to God and follow his commands so that his kingdom would be lasting. And then David gave Solomon some directions about some specific people. Joab, who had killed innocent men, the family of Barzillai, who had given David shelter when he was being pursued by Absalom, and Shimei, who had cursed David even though he knew that David was God's anointed king. Well, because of our limited time, I'm not going to talk about these folks, but we will talk about Adonijah's request to have Abishag, the Shunammite, as his wife. You remember what happened. Solomon had Adonijah killed for this request. Well, why? As we just read in chapter 1, Adonijah had tried to snake the throne away from Solomon before David died, right? Well, do you also remember that Abishag was the young girl that had been brought to David to keep him warm? She was his concubine, sort of a second-level wife. We're told in chapter 1 there that David did not have sexual relations with her, but she was his concubine and they had slept together. So Adonijah went to Bathsheba. And he asked Bathsheba to go to Solomon to ask for Abishag to be his wife. You see, he thought that if he could have one of David's wives as his, this would give him a step up to usurp the throne. Well, Bathsheba must have known that this was an outrageous thing for Adonijah to ask. So why didn't she reject Adonijah's request out of hand? Maybe she thought this would be a way to assuage Adonijah's disappointment over losing the throne, but more likely is that she wanted Solomon to know what Adonijah was thinking. She was warning him, and Solomon saw right through Adonijah's scheme. As long as Adonijah lived, Solomon was in danger, so he ordered Adonijah's death that very day. Remember, in chapter 1, after Solomon found out what Adonijah had been up to in trying to steal the throne— he forgave Adonijah, but he said, Adonijah must show that he is a man of honor. If he does that, I promise he will not lose even a single hair from his head. But if he does anything wrong, he will die. So in having Adonijah killed immediately, he was just following through with what he had said. Solomon was God's chosen king. These were formative years for Israel. God's plan for Solomon and his chosen people was going to be fulfilled. But had Adonijah accepted God's will, his fate would have been different. Instead, he chose his own path, which was diametrically opposed to God's will, and he paid the price. 
It's funny sometimes how decisions we make can unalterably change the course of our lives, isn't it? Tell me about a decision you've made. Call the LifeSpring Family Hotline at plus one nine five one seven three two eighty five eleven or send a boostergram to me. You can also go to comment.lifespringmedia.com. Tomorrow will be Psalms Wednesday and we'll read chapters 63 through 65. Tomorrow is also Wednesday and we'll be sharing prayer requests and praises. If you have a need in your life that you'd like the LifeSpring family to be praying about or if God is doing something great in your life that you think would really be an encouragement to the family, the place to go is prayer.lifespringmedia.com. You'll find a very easy to fill out form there where you can tell me whatever you want me to know. I'll pray for you in my daily quiet time and I'll rejoice with you in your praises. prayer.lifespringmedia.com Today's show art is once again by Jason Pascal. Thank you, Jason. And I'd also like to thank the rest of the team, Sister Denise, Michael Hainer, Scott Snyder, and Brittany. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thank you for inviting me into your day. My name is Steve Webb. Bye. Podcasts are cool. LifespringMedia.com slash support.